and you're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show on CITR FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, as signified by Bone Chalice. We just heard right there, brand new from Bone Chalice, Acrid Smoke of This Dying Age, followed up by Corpse Inferno by Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's Bone Chalice. Contact them, bonechalice at hotmail.com. Thank you very much, Bone Chalice, for the tunes. Today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with, from San Francisco, the Fresh and Onlys, who are playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night at the Media Club with Terry Maltz and Mode Modern. Today, the Fresh and Onlys on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Right now, going to play something that I played a little bit of a few weeks ago. But I guess you can never have enough of Canadian Top 40. This is actually a demonstration record to demonstrate the importance of Canadian Top 40 and how it can be packaged and sent out to radio stations. And then radio stations can play this record and then Canadian Top 40 can get exposed to those that don't know about Canadian Top 40. So excuse me if you heard track one. We're going to play track two onward. You heard a little bit a couple weeks ago on the Nardwar Human Serviette radio show. But here's Canadian Top 40 Kaleidoscope Sound Productions. Pay for all the production and administrative costs of Canadian Top 40. For participating stations, there is no subscription charge for the right to broadcast a weekly package. There is a nominal charge to cover postage and packaging, which is outlined in the accompanying letter to radio stations. Here we go, Canadian Top 40. Coming up in our first hour, another new entry from a Canadian group whose leader was the co-author of such great hits as These Eyes and American Woman. Canadian Top 40 Here's Dennis the Menace and Joey for Dairy Queen. Hey Joey, let's go to Dairy Queen for a DQ Sunday, but we don't have no money. Let's all go to the Dairy Queen, stop doing Number 35 this week, and on its way down, ex-James Gang member Joe Walsh. And what must be the funkiest sound in our countdown, Rocky Mountain Way. Joe's second and latest album, by the way, surely deserves some kind of award for the most striking title of the year so far. The smoker you drink, the player you get. song that peaked at number seven five weeks ago, last week number 26, and this week holding down the number 35 spot, Rocky Mountain Way from Joe Walsh and Barnstorm. The third new entry to our charts this week brings that celebrated leader we mentioned earlier. Our star was lead guitarist with Guess Who for 10 years. His name, 
of course, Randy Batman. And he seems to have a giant hit on his hands with Blue Collar. Walk your street And I walk mine At number 30, Bagman Turner Overdrive with a Toronto-produced record called Blue Collar. The group will be setting off on a tour of Europe early in the new year, and good luck to them. 30 to go to the number one song in the nation today. This is Michael Morgan with the 40 top songs in Canada this week. Canadian Top 40 is heard on great radio stations right across Canada, like CFRN Edmonton. Get flavor and fresh breath with Double Mint. When you want big flavor and fresh breath too, you get both big every time you chew. A stick of Double Mint gum. So double up, double get Double Mint double in the pack with the Red End. Morgan's Coast to Coast. Number 15, and we're counting them down. This song is very special to anyone who's ever had to say goodbye and start again. Deciding that Reggie Workman wouldn't look too exciting on a record label, the search began for a more intriguing name. Thus began the life of Elton John. A monster hit for sure. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. When are you gonna come down? When are you going to laugh? Elton John entering our chart at number 15. And that's just the beginning for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Incidentally, Elton occupied the number one position for the first two weeks of June this year on RPM with his mysterious composition, Daniel, recently certified at Canadian Gold. Upcoming in the next segment of our show, a CTF special feature spotlighting a great Canadian band. So remember, this is the place to be. We're Canadian Top 40, and this is Michael Morgan. I was raised on country sunshine Green grass beneath my feet Running through fields of daisies Wading through the creek What you're hoping to find Like country sunshine It's the real thing Coca-Cola West Welcome back to our weekly parade of the greatest music in Canada today. Right now, a group that has received so many awards and recognition from the music industry, they're almost a legend in their own times. Winners of the Juno Award for the Best Group of the Year in 1972, and more recently, the recipients of a Platinum Award, that's for sales of over 100,000 on an album, it has to be Lighthouse. The Platinum Award, the first for a Canadian group, was for Lighthouse Live, recorded in concert at New York's Carnegie Hall. Let's go back to that evening in February 1972 and join the group's dynamic leader, Skip Prokop. that packed 50,000 into Toronto's Nathan Square in another memorable live performance in September this year, Lighthouse. Canadian Top 40 Gold, One Fine Morning. Despite a few changes in the lineup, it's still the same unmistakable winning sound of the number 10 position in our countdown this week. 
Another composition from Skip Prokop. This is Lighthouse 73 and Pretty Lady. Number 10, Lighthouse. How much further will they go? Well, your guess could be worth a stereo system and the complete library of Lighthouse. Details coming up later this hour. It's Canadian Top 40. We're counting them down, and we do it every week at this time on your favorite radio station. Canadian Top 40. Come to Beneficial. Come to Beneficial. Come to Beneficial. It's great to know you're good for more. You're good for more. It's great to know. You're good for more at Beneficial. Morgan's Coast to Coast. We're into the top five already. And at number five, Arthur Garfunkel. He's been in a duet, an actor. He's been in a car wash. It's good to hear him on his own. This is all I know. Garfunkel. Two years with millions of records behind him, it's worth remembering that in an earlier age in his life, Arthur Garfunkel studied architecture and planned to make it his career. And music in the 60s would not have been the same without the vital force of Simon and Garfunkel's powerful lyrics. In the 70s, both Paul Simon and Arthur Garfunkel's solo artists seemed to be setting the trends for 74. Game, A little known fact about our next artist is that he's an honor graduate from the Michigan State School for the Blind. The boy who originally idolized the great black blind performer, Ray Charles, but now is a great artist in his own right. Stevie Wonder and Higher Ground. Everything's all right. Fingertips, and I was made to love her. Just three of the 12 gold awards awarded to Stevie Wonder and the Motown Corporation. Moving down from number three last week to the fourth slot on our countdown this week, Higher Ground. This is Michael Morgan, and we're moving into the top three next. Clairol has created the most beautiful shampoo experience on earth. Clairol Herbal Essence Shampoo with highest Canadian record on the Canadian Top 40 this week comes from two guys from London, Ontario. Here's Gary and Dave. Feeling small Makes me want to tell you all about If I let you down, girl Could you ever love me again? Gary Weeks and Dave Beckett, recently psychology graduates at Western University, and their second record, Could You Ever Love Me Again? They started together in 66, and through seven years of trying to make it, they own the number three position with this simple philosophy. We're friends first, and business associates second. Mm -hmm. 
We've reached the point where you can win a superb stereo system and a complete library of Lighthouse records. We want your predictions on the chart position of Lighthouse's Pretty Lady on the RPM Top 40 next week. Remember, it's number 10 this week. It was number 21 last week, 34 the week before. Where will it be on our countdown next week? Write your answers on a postcard and send it to Canadian Top 40, Box 40, Vancouver, B.C. Don't forget, include your name, address, and the name of the radio station on which you heard Canadian Top 40. The first correct answer to be drawn from our mail will win the stereo system and Lighthouse Library. So good luck. We'll be announcing the winner two weeks from now. Canadian Top 40. A previous number one, and with nine weeks on our chart, the DeFranco family. At the center of the group is 14-year-old Tony DeFranco. He's 4'11", weighs 94 pounds, and he likes go-karting, ice cream, and singing hits that sell a million. Here's his first. Heartbeat is a love beat. Franco and the family at number two. Michael Morgan up amongst the giants, and there's one to go. You know, oily hair just never feels or looks clean. So listen. We've arrived at the best-selling record in all of Canada today. From St. John's to Nanaimo, number one in the nation. The latest in a long line of hits from five of the best English rockers. Recorded earlier on this year in Jamaica, Angie from the Stones. record that everyone in our country is buying right now, the nation's number one favorite, Angie, from the Rolling Stones. Second week at number one, and we could be in for some surprises at number one next week, so be with us. We've counted our way through the most important songs in Canada today, and we'll be back to do it all over again at this time next week. The Canadian Top 40 chart is based upon the RPM 100 Singles Chart, the most reliable survey of record sales and airplay in Canada. For the latest information and feature profiles on Canadian music, remember to join us here next week. This is Michael Morgan for Canadian Top 40, a division of Kaleidos Sound Productions Limited. And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Coming up, an interview with the Fresh and Onlys from San Francisco, who are playing tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Terry Maltz and Mode Modern. Here, right now, is the Fresh and Onlys. Eve.
and you're listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? I am. Hi, Nardwar. Hello. Who are you? Well, I'm Tim, and I play in the Fresh and Onlys, and we'll be in Vancouver tomorrow night at the Media Club. And Tim, who else is in the Fresh and Onlys? Well, we have Shade on the bass, we have Kyle on the drums, Wyman on guitar, and our newest member, Rachel, on keyboards. Now, being in a rock and roll band, you're probably really good at delegating authority. I'm not too good at delegating authority, <laughs> although I would like to delegate authority to you right now. I played a bunch of tracks before you came on that I'd a- like to ask you about. Okay. The first one being we played the Fresh and Onlys, Presence of Mind. Okay. Anything about that particular track? Well, thanks for playing it, first of all. And um, what would you like to know about it? What, what do you know about that particular track there, Tim? It has some keyboards on it. Is that why you have a keyboard player now? That is why we have a keyboard player. Uh, indeed, there's a, also a marimba on there, uh, which we... We have a keyboard to uh, create sort of a facsimile of the marimba sound as we're unable to bring the marimba on tour with us. Uh, but yeah, we added a keyboard player because much of our new album contains keyboards and we wanted to get up on stage and kind of represent ourselves more fully uh, as far as what we sound on, like on the record. So, Now you yourself, you yourself, you've played keyboard, haven't you? Was that you with like a broken arm playing keyboard instead of guitar? That was, yes. I broke my hand in an unfortunate horsing around incident and did two entire tours with uh, an inconsequential right hand at my side. So I ended up playing keyboard with my left hand, which is my left dominant hand for certain things. Did you come up with some good riffs, though, like having to do that for a couple tours? Did you come up with some good ideas, like some new keyboard parts? I did. I actually started thinking with the other side of my brain for once, which is, uh, it served me well on tour because I could kind of focus on singing, which always hasn't been my strong suit. And um, because I, I was moving around a lot less, uh, being stuck behind a keyboard, I, I started to realize that I could really, really belt it out sometimes with my voice, um, which is a good thing to realize about myself. I'd always sort of, you know, hidden behind the guitar as a singer, so help me out. And you are Tim from the Fresh and Onlys, live here on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. So we played the Fresh and Onlys, Presence of Mind. Then I followed it up with by, well, then I followed it up with a band called The Event from San Diego, 1990 or so, and their song Pop Thinking, and that features Tim Sote. And I played that because Tim Sote is in a band with... Tim Green. Tim Green. Did you know Tim Sote's previous band, The Event at All? And what can you tell the people about the Fresh and Onlys, Tim Sote, and Tim Green? Well, I don't actually know Tim Sote, and I don't know The Event. Um, I, I actually became familiar with him through The Champs before they were called the other thing that they changed their name to, which I probably can't say on the radio. Oh, you Although can, Canada might be different. Yes, you can say that. The fucking Champs. I can say The Fucking Champs. Well, then I will. Uh, Tim Sote and Tim Green, I know from the fucking champs. And, of course, Tim Green, I know from Nation of Ulysses prior to that. 
uh, and the Fresh and Onlys recorded our last full-length prior to this new full-length that just came out last week, entitled Play It Strange at Louder Studios with Tim Green of the fucking champs. So I played the event featuring Tim Sote, Pop Thinkin', 1990, Vox Records. Then I followed it up with Rockin' Horse and the Biggest Gossip. What's the deal on that particular track? Wow, that's... <laughs> that's uh, I don't know, actually. I wish I knew. I, I have the record. It's like a $25 reissue, and I think it's um, early 70s power pop band i'm not sure where they're from but i love the record and the that first song uh on there is the biggest gossip um i don't know what else to tell you man if you know something about it please let me know because there's no information on the record itself but I, I love the record i think they're from europe and it's yes totally catchy i love it and then i followed it up with the graham nash military madness and doesn't that tie in to the fresh and onlys a little bit tim um, only insofar as um, Woods covered the song um, Military Madness on I, I can't I think it's um, Echo Lake I'm not really sure what record it was but we did some touring with Woods and they're really good friends of ours from across the states um, and we're all we're all big um, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young fans and of course I think I think of the four you know Neil Young obviously had a great uh, solo career, but I'm, I'm partial to Graham Nash's uh, Songs for Beginners um, and Wild Tales is the other one. Uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty into those solo records, so I don't know how else we tie in, um, but I guess, yeah, we're not really a political band, so I'm not really going to take it any further. <laughs> Didn't you do it for an encore, though? Didn't all the bands get together and do it for an encore number? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know that we actually did that one, though, because that was actually a wood song. I might have been on stage. I might have been playing tambourine or something um, for that. That was at Big Sur last year, just prior to the Woods Festival in Big Sur. Uh, that was a song that Woods, Woods played every night at, at their show. So, um, actually, oddly enough, we played in Bellingham with, with Woods, and I believe they performed that song in Bellingham. And we will be there tonight playing also at the Shakedown. And you are the Fresh and Onlys from San Francisco. Am I allowed to say from San Francisco or is it Bay Area? Is it Oakland? Are you from San Francisco? We are from San Francisco proper. So, yes, it's quite all right to say that. The Fresh and Onlys from San Francisco playing tomorrow night here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada with Terry Maltz and Mode Modern at the Media Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And Tim of the Fresh and Onlys, often I mistake of saying to people how we hooked up. So I got to thank Rebecca of Mode Modern Chains of Love. How did you meet Rebecca from Mode Modern Chains of Love, who basically set up this interview? I would also like to thank Rebecca. So thanks, Rebecca, and I'm sure I'll get a chance to thank you tomorrow as well. Um, I, I guess we met Rebecca because we played with Chains of Love at... Uh, well, we may have met before, but that first time we actually played with them because she wasn't always in Mode Modern, I don't think. Um, although my my memories of Vancouver are always pretty vague the next day, uh, if you know what I mean. So we, we played with Chains of Love at this place called the Electric Owl Room, I believe. Yes. And that was with Woods as well, and that was last year. Although I feel like I've known Rebecca longer than a year. It may not be the case. 
last summer we played with uh, Chains of Love, and we also listened to the Chains of Love interview that you did with Chains of Love uh, in in one of our uh, many excursions on, in the tour van. Um, yeah, and I, we just have a, a pretty a tight-knit group of people in Vancouver that, that we always seem to, to see or play with their bands when we're in Vancouver. It's one of our favorite places to stop on tour. Um, so, yeah, I had actually asked, because we, we listen to your show a lot, asked Rebecca if she could set it up because she knows you, and uh, she made it happen, so... Thanks, Rebecca, and thanks, Nardwar. Well, thank you, Tim. How did you find me, though? Like, how did you know me? How did you come across me? You're you're an international icon, Nardwar. You know that by now. Not really, actually. Uh, well, was there some specific interview? Well, I was just curious. We're from a different country, and we've heard of you, so there you go. But what were you searching? What internet search term were you typing in? Oh, <laughs> Um, I think your reputation precedes you a little bit more than you might think. But, yeah, we were listening to particularly the one that we liked a lot was the Michael Giraffe from Swans. We really liked that one and his refusal to um, indulge you in your in your your little greeting at the end. Um, I guess it's not a greeting if it's at the end, but you know what I mean? We we, we kind of were amused by that. And then we, we followed the thread and, and checked out your interviews with God knows who. We listened to like 50 of them in a row. Well, that's amazing, Tim. The Swans <laughs> yeah, have indirectly... for big fans. The Swans have indirectly hooked us up. Who would have thought that when I went to interview the Swans that I would win <laughs> over new friends? Thank you so much, Tim. The Fresh and Onlys. That's incredible. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you, play- got- have you played with the Swans at all? What's the closest you've got to the Swans? The closest we got to the Swans was... We played the same festival as the Swans. Last year we played Primavera Sounds in Barcelona, which the Swans were also playing. And the closest I actually got to the Swans was um, at the hotel that most of the artists stay at. Um, there's a little cafe, and I sat just next to Michael Girard in his giant white cowboy hat one morning. And, of course, he didn't know who I was, and I didn't really know who he was. I've never really, really been a fan of the Swans, but... Bandmates came in and said, do you know who you're sitting next to kind of thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, swans are a little bit depressing for my taste, but but I understand their significance as a band, and I won't take that away from them. Thank you, swans, for hooking me, Nardwarta Human yeah. Serviette, up with the Fresh and Onlys, and thank you, Rebecca, as well. And the Fresh and Onlys, as I mentioned, are coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow to the Media Club with Terry Maltz and Mode Modern. What other bands, Tim, have recorded on Lionel Richie's mic? <laughs> Lionel Richie um, and us. And uh, let me see. I couldn't really tell you that. I'm, I'm pretty sure Trans Am has um, because Phil Manley, who recorded our last album, is the brains behind that band, Trans Am. Um, what other gear? Do- jockey band from you. Uh, you guys know Trans Am. But anyways... I believe Trans Am has, and any number of bands that have recorded came through Lucky Cat Studios. What other gear does Phil have? Like, he has the mic that Lionel Richie used, and you use it for your Fresh and Only's recordings, the brand new LP. What other gear does Phil have? Does he have any other historical gear? Yeah, well, the other little anecdote about uh, our record is it was recorded on the mixing board used for Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London. Or, you know, is it Werewolves in London or is it of London? I'm not that sure. I'm a little bit of a prickly point. I'm not really sure, but you know the song. Werewolves in London. 
I, and uh, that was the mixing board. Just that, that very mixing board is used at Lucky Cat Studios as well. And now it's weird how I was introduced to that song was quite strange when I went to see the Sonics. They had a reunion show in New Year's Eve 2008 in Seattle, Washington, like their first show in Seattle mm-hmm. in many, many years, like 40 years or 30 years or whatever. And they played that particular song, the Sonics. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I kind of got into that song. It took me that long. It took me to Sonics. To, and the Sonics also introduced me to Frank Zappa. Isn't that wild? Yes, it is. Because they did Any Which Way to Win Blows. So thank you, Sonics, for some Zappa and also Warren Zevon. Tim, yourself, you're into all types of music. Like, tell me the importance of the band Black Sheep. You love Black Sheep, don't you? I do love Black Sheep, and especially their first album. Um, I was a fan of their second album as well, um, nonfiction, but it didn't hold up as well as their first Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, which to me is still one of the greatest rap albums ever made. Early yeah. 90s, 1991, I believe, maybe 1990. Uh, it was just all over the place. Yeah, put it in perspective. Why are black sheep important? Why should people care about black sheep? Black sheep are important because they were part of the native tongues family, but they didn't get the widespread acclaim that Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul got, uh, which were the, uh, two of the other bands. Also, Jungle Brothers, another unsung, very underestimated um, group. But I think what, what set black sheep apart was... was sort of a fearless lyricism that that Drez, the primary MC, had. Um, he was he was all style and 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 crazy lyrics. Um, didn't really try to cater to um, a wider audience. I don't think you know. In the first song, it's just kind of a snippet of a dream that he had, where he kind of envisions himself this crazy gangster, violent persona. And for people listening to the record, I think. <laughs> Part of what I love about it is that it really, it really grabs you, and it's like, wow, this guy's cussing a lot, and he's being really violent. When really that wasn't his personality. It's just like he put it on there as kind of a trick to the audience. And if you make it past that, it goes into. But in the meantime, which is one of the classic mellow hip hop jams ever. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a kind of an astute listener to make it past that first track because I think you realize that a lot of people put albums on, and particularly hip hop albums, and if it doesn't. If it doesn't, you know, soothe them or assuage them in some way, they're probably not going to listen to the whole thing. Playing on the on the on the on the idea that hip hop is is uh, overly violent and and misogynistic, which of course it can be. Um, yeah, he played that up um, as a joke in the first track on their first album. I really like that. I like that they did that. And Tim of the Fresh and Onlys, I have a message for you from Drez of Black Sheep. Oh, yeah? Yes. Sit back. Right now, I'm going to play it for you. Here is, right now, Drez of Black Sheep with his message to the Fresh and Onlys. Hey, yo, Fresh and Onlys. Yo, check this out, man. My man Nardwalk told me that y'all kind of big Black Sheep a little something. You know? And that y'all are actually kind of like wolves in sheep's clothing yourselves. Hey, yo, thanks for the support, man. My name is Drez, and uh, I figure I'd give you guys a shout and let y'all know that, yo, I'm kind of supporting you guys as well. I kind of, you know what I'm saying, done my homework, and I got to kind of co-sign, you know what I'm saying, the, the funkiness, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all kind of getting it in over there, you know what I'm saying, for real. Dope band, good stuff. Yo, 
beyond that, you know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, you know, reach out, let y'all know that love is love, you know what I'm saying? And even beyond that, yo, I know y'all familiar with the Black Sheep, but check out the new project, Evertan. Evertan album drops on the 21st of September. It's a digital release. It's me and my man, Jerobi from A Tribe Called Quest. We formed a group. group is called Evertan, which is native backward. And, uh, yo, for real, for real, I'm not stressing that. Just really wanted to call and give y'all a shout. Say much love. I appreciate the love sincerely and reciprocate it. And, you know, on the real, just thinking back, you know, it's been a, quite a minute now that we done made this record. Yeah, there's some mixes of some stuff that, you know what I'm saying, like never really came out. Like, and, and kind of, you know, we should, we should catch up. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could put some stuff together, like kind of, kind of blow people's minds. What the hell? Not one knows how to get up. Give me a shout, brothers. Love is love. Wow. Did you hear that, Tim? You just made my life, man. You don't even know what you just did. You just made my life. That's incredible. Oh, I'm so happy. You're excited. Isn't Drez such a nice guy? He's an amazing guy, isn't he? he I, yeah, he sounds like it. I mean, I've, I've always loved his music, so it, it's really that was really cool. That was really awesome. And he's hinting about a collaboration. So if you're serious, I have his digits, and I can hook you up. Oh, I got beats, man. I got beats. And I love what Drez was saying there, too, about some unreleased possible black sheet material. That sounds very enticing, doesn't it there, Tim? It sure does, Nardwar. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'll go to whatever ends that I have to to, to, to track that guy down and, and find out about that stuff. So there we have it. Drez from the Black Sheep special message to Tim from the Fresh and Onlys. And later on in Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, I will play some brand new, brand new Ivatan. That's Drez's new band with Jerobi from Tribe Called Quest. Going to play a couple tracks of those if you want to check those ones out. Brand new coming out. I'm going to play some of those. You're heavy into the records, though, Tim, especially having worked at Amoeba Records. I was curious. I once interviewed Jello Biafra, and he told me that one of his best finds at Amoeba Records was actually in the washroom, that you guys had stapled a record on the wall in the washroom, the back, like, employees' washroom at Amoeba, and Jello was there in the washroom and looked up and said, can I buy that record? And he pulled it off the wall, and it was, like, a super rare record that you guys hadn't thought that it was rare because you had, like, stapled it to the wall have you heard of anything like that happening at amoeba um wow they they won't want to hear about that but yeah there were the, the bathroom walls for a time there when i worked there were covered w with records but they were they weren't in the best shape i mean it might have been a rare record but those guys really do know what they're what they're doing i don't think they'd put a rare like valuable record on the wall but yeah by the time the, that i saw these records they were covered in like little ballpoint graffitis that were Range from like a little bit witty to just downright stupid. Um, you weren't really going to, you know, change your life with anything that you read on those. But yeah, I, that's that's a strange coincidence. But yeah, usually, I mean, most of the records when I worked there that covered the wall were kind of like Burl Ives records and what's the guy Mental Vani or like the Lounge Sky. Um, maybe some. Some what's the guy with Esquivel records? They're more like loungy and and like designy records. Um, occasionally, like really cheesy looking '80s hair metal bands that never really made the cut were were heavily graffitied on there with with little voice captions and whatnot. Yeah, there there are a lot of surprisingly a lot of records 
on in the back areas of an amoeba, the, the dark areas that the customers don't get to see. What is the longest that somebody has spent in the store? I know Amoeba SF probably isn't as big as Amoeba LA, but what is the longest somebody has spent at the store? Like a couple days in a row? How many hours? How many days? What's the longest that you can remember? I was just curious. Uh, in my time I worked there, I remember there, there were these Japanese buyers that would come over and they, they were on six, um, dedicated record buying trips from Japan, which, is, as you know, is a long way from San Francisco. So they would get there. And they would spend maybe three, four days in there, and they would basically accrue these huge piles of records. We'd even have to supply them with the bins that we use to carry products around the store, which were giant records holding uh, cardboard boxes that held probably about 100 records, and they were reinforced with like like little bits of, of steel around the edges. Um, and they would fill up maybe like 20, 30, 40 of those things over the course of three or four days, digging through every single record in the store. Um, and I don't think there was anyone that I could really remember specifically, just like these kind of innocuous Japanese, like regular middle-aged dudes that would show up and then they'd leave late, uh, a week later with, with, with these purchases of like well over twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. Um, I don't know how they got the records back to Japan, but you know, it was out of my hands at that point. Did Steve Jobs ever show up? You know, because he has claimed, it's been claimed that he loved vinyl more than the iPod. Did Steve Jobs ever go to Amoeba? I don't know. I couldn't answer that. I would actually wouldn't have recognized Steve Jobs. I only began to recognize him, I think, after he passed away. And his, his image, actually, you know, I think he, was, he wasn't as public a figure as all that. So after he passed, I think his image became more readily available. And, I, you know, people actually started to know what he looked like. Um I imagine he stopped through. I mean, pretty much everyone stops through there. That that's a that that fancies themselves a record lover, and a lot of people go through San Francisco to visit. It's a pretty big tourist city. So yeah, I imagine he did, but I can't really speak to that. I did see Randy Johnson, though, um, the great uh, American baseball pitcher, uh, long time of the Seattle Mariners. So I'm I'm sure you guys are familiar with Randy Johnson. He one story I have about that is he he showed up to the front door at Amoeba. He was a huge celebrity. And he's also six foot ten and very odd looking character. Um, and he showed up at the front door and our owner, who was avid Giants um, fan, this is before Randy Johnson played for the Giants. He played for the Diamondbacks, which is our in conference or sorry, in division uh, rival. And Randy Johnson asked because he was a celebrity, if he could shop for a few minutes without being bothered by autograph seekers. And he was, he was turned down by the owner of Amoeba because because of his um, baseball allegiance. <laughs> he wouldn't let him in because he was on the Diamondbacks. I, want, I wonder what he was looking for. I wonder, too. I, I imagine some kind of country music or something like that, but I don't really know. And if people are looking for some good rock and roll, go check out the Fresh and Onlys tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we're speaking here live to Tim from the Fresh and Onlys, who are playing tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the Media Club with Mode Modern and Terry Maltz. Brass City Records in Waterbury, Connecticut. Have you ever been there at all? Um, I went to college in Connecticut, and I did go to a record store in Waterbury, and I, I don't remember the name, but I thought if I had been there, um, it was to buy a, a large number of $1, like, indie rock CDs, which at that time, 
I was really, I didn't really know what I liked, and I, I'd grown up listening to hip-hop cassettes and um, got started getting turned on to some other kinds of music when I got to college, and I met these people from all over the place. Um, and I think that we, there was a place in Waterbury, which was about an hour away from where I went to college, that had a huge wall of $1 CDs and LPs, and I think I gorged myself a couple times and just ended up buying the 30 or 40 CDs of bands that I'd never heard of. And that was probably like a pretty good education. And for me, um, and, and number one, like the art of buying records, um, sight unseen. And number two, just how bad like indie rock was in the nineties and early two thousands, uh, or how bad it had the potential to be. So I was just buying things just because of the name of the album, but you know, as an unschooled kind of untrained listener, I wound up with more duds than not. And I probably, probably only kept, ended up keeping maybe one or two of the CDs. And then even those I just forgot about. But yeah, that must've been Brass City. I don't imagine there were too many record stores in Waterbury, Connecticut. Tim of the Fresh and Onlys, you lived the Rodriguez movie. So what did you think of the Rodriguez movie? Like you were Rodriguez's backup band. Like you lived the movie. So have you seen the movie? And what did you think of the Rodriguez movie? I did see the movie. and I, I love the movie. I thought it was um, very sensitive and, and very touching. And, and for people that didn't know the story at all, it's a great introduction. I can't speak anything ill about, about the movie at all. Um, playing with Rodriguez is an incredible experience. We we actually got to play at Richards on Richards, which is been talking to Vancouverites, one of the favorite live venues that, that had to get shut down, which you know, rest in peace to that place. The place was amazing. But um that was, you know, our pretty much our introduction to Rodriguez, um, outside of San Francisco. We had played one show and then our first show on tour with Rodriguez was Richards on Richards and we came out there with a bottle of tequila and just went for it. We were just all really nervous and really scared. And I, I can't even imagine what it was like for Rodriguez, you know, have, you know, be, being reintroduced to the world like that, backed by a bunch of scraggly musicians who, who he had never really met or known. Um, and just, just stepping out there, like, I think was a really brave thing for him to do. Um, and seeing, and seeing the movie, you see that he's, you know, obviously no stranger to the, the large crowds that adored him in South Africa and whatnot. But for the States, you know, I'm hoping this next tour for him really takes off and he really gets the, the due that he deserves. Well, Tim, with the Fresh and Onlys, you must have been kind of scared because you mentioned we're scared. I mean, you really must have been scared because basically you guys, your band, the Fresh and Onlys, by backing up Rodriguez, being the backup band, you basically replaced Dennis Coffey and the Funk Brothers? <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's where the tequila comes in, my friends. That's pretty amazing. Did you get any stories? Did you get any enough tequila and you too could become Dennis Coffee and the Funk Brothers? What did Rodriguez say about Dennis Coffee and the Funk Brothers? He didn't say a lot about Dennis Coffee and the Funk Brothers. I think that he, he acknowledged that that was the time that was past. And I'm sure had he had his brothers, he would he would be using them as his backing band. But it just wasn't in the cards for you know. And hearing what Dennis Coffee says about Rodriguez, he's very deferential in the movie and. Um, um, that was really that was really refreshing to hear that those guys, you know, still acknowledge that they had a hand in the, this project and that they were, they acknowledged that it never really got got its just due. You know, it kind of just fell flat by the record labels and and you know, I'll let the movie tell the story. Everyone should go see it. It's a really compelling, like story of an American music 
figure, you know, and there haven't been many movies of that ilk that have been done that well, so... Yeah, and, um, and you've also hung out with the German Rodriguez. You've hung out with King Kong. What's King Kong's castle like over there? Oh man, it's it's magical. It's 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 populated by magical beings, and and um, that's his his home. I can't really, you know, I'm not really going to expose his home, but but it's it's really a sanctuary in, in a huge bustling city of Berlin. Um, he really, he really holds it down over there, and and we love going over there and spending time with him and his his people. And um, King Khan's daughter actually shares a birthday with me, so that's pretty special. She called me on my birthday last year. We were on tour and we were in Minneapolis, and here's this little twelve year old girl, um, calling me out of the blue, out of a strange strange foreign number I just picked up and and it was her tiny little voice at the other end it was really cool although he's in Germany it seems like King Kong has tons of North Americans coming through is there always somebody there like when you're over there you run into Sunny from Sunny in the Sunsets is there always somebody over there there is um, especially San Francisco bands I mean it seems like all the San Francisco bands are always on tour or at least a few of them at a time that's why it's, you know when people ask about the scene in San Francisco and this is um Hannah from Grass Widow said this last night. It's like, you can't really talk about there being a scene because all the bands that are from San Francisco are, are pretty much always on the road. So, yeah, but King Khan's is definitely a destination to have, and he's really opened his home up to a lot of us. And, you know, we hope to do the same when he's when he's over here. But he's a Canadian too, right? He is indeed. He must be some... Yeah. From Montreal, Quebec. Yep. Tim of the Fresh and Onlys coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tomorrow with Mode Modern and Terry Maltz back to San Francisco. Have you ever played the Tonga Room, the legendary Tonga Room that reigns? Can bands play there? Have you been there? I have not. I've never played there. I've never actually been there. What was it like playing the Scion Garage Festival in Portland? Huh. Um... It was kind of a blur. Um, it was it was it was an interesting time. It, we got to see the Gree Gree play, which is a great band from Oakland, California. Um, put out a couple records and then kind of disappeared off the map. And they sort of reunited, I think, right around that time to play that festival and a few more shows. And they were really amazing. We we got to share um, a venue with them. It was spread across a bunch of different venues. But um, you know, one funny thing about that about that festival is we were all put up in this fancy schmancy hotel in downtown Portland and late at night about 4am <clears throat> our drummer's room who he was sharing with his girlfriend at the time he, she hears a kind of a key rustling in the lock and someone trying to force the door open she goes and looks out the keyhole and it's none other than Rocky Erickson trying to get into a room that wasn't his so she had to kind of put a shirt on or whatever and, and go to the door and, and explain to him that that wasn't his room. But that was, that was a pretty funny anecdote, I think. He's just kind of wandering the halls looking for his room. I guess all the rooms look pretty much the same in those hotels, so don't blame him. No, you don't think that was an opportunity for a late-night jam session? You know, Fresh and Only's Rocky Erickson. Would that have been the only time you would have jammed with Rocky? I imagine so, yeah. That's probably the only time. That's probably the only chance we'll ever have. We sort of blew it, I guess. Did you see him perform at that festival? Yes, indeed. Every time I've gotten the chance to see him, I have. 
uh, hold him in very high esteem as a very influential artist to me and, and to our bands. Tim of the Fresh and Onlys, how hard is it to get into the Hemlock Tavern jukebox? <laughs> it wasn't hard for us because um, one day I just went down there and we were in there. So um, I think they favor a lot of the local bands and um, it's just sort of a local a local spot, uh, although it, it, it is frequented by out-of-towners quite a bit. There are a lot of like the tourist hotels in that area, um, people young tourists tend to flock to the hemlock and, and sort of bridge and tunnel crowd as we call them people that come from from the suburbs um it's pretty wide, highly regarded weekend spot it's just sort of a dive bar in the tenderloin um area and yeah it wasn't hard for us to get in we didn't we didn't really have to do anything we were just in there and um fortunately i've never heard my own music being played while i've uh, been a patron at the bar um i hope to god that never happens it just seems really awkward but it's probably worse things that happen than that, you know. Tim, for the Fresh and Onlys for this particular tour, the other day you played in Santa Cruz. And did you play the same night that Against Me was playing the same club that you were playing, The Catalyst? Yes. <laughs> Indeed. I was actually hoping I'd never have to talk about that experience again, but here you go, bringing it up. But that's that's cool. Yeah, could you please... Could you please <laughs> it wasn't ex- so bad. What happened? Could you please explain? Um, yeah, uh, well, it's it's a club called the um, Catalyst. There's a smaller room up front, which is actually a pretty sizable room, probably holds three to 400 people. That's where we played, called the Atrium. And then there's the bigger room in the back, which Lord knows how many people it holds. And against me, who I don't think has toured in some time, um, and in places like Santa Cruz, um, they seem to be all the rage bands like against me and sublime and i'm not going to put them in the same category necessarily although i guess i just did um Pharaoh, quite a bit better than than bands like us um who are kind of scrappy do-it-yourself kind of dudes um so yeah there was a huge line around the block to get into the against me show but all the people that came to see our show i mean i say all the people what i mean is the people that came to see our show had to wait in the exact same line to get into the same building. So that was a little bit frustrating. Did you get any against me fans by mistake that thought you were against me, you know, went into the wrong room? <laughs> you know, I think the way, the way they treat the place is like, if you bought a ticket to against me, you could go see either show. You pretty much have free reign over the place. And I think another thing that happens is like, in order to get into the bar, just to hang out, maybe with other Against Me fans, which is upstairs above the atrium room, which is where we played, you could just pass right through the room that we're playing. So throughout the course of the show, I saw a number of people, you know, not typical, maybe Fresh and Only's fans, maybe a little bit more typical Against Me um, fashion fans pass through the room to hang out with other Against Me fans in the upstairs bar. It's sort of a convenient pass-through, you know? Tim of the Fresh and Onlys, speaking of rap that we mentioned earlier, Odd Future, you guys have played with them how many times? I wouldn't say played with them, but they did play the same festival. Um, They played the Barcelona Primavera Sound Festival, and we were all in attendance, and it was really great. And then they also played the Pitchfork Festival last year in Chicago, which we also played. So I guess that's twice. What about the Don't Mess With Texas? Didn't you play that? Didn't they play that as well? 
Um, was that the thing at South by Southwest? Then we did. If that's a separate festival, then we didn't. But yeah, South by Southwest, we also played, and they played as well. Yeah. Along with about 6,000 other bands. But still three times with Odd Future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I quite enjoyed seeing them at Barcelona. Um, this is one of the one of the craziest live shows I've ever seen, I think. Really exhilarating. Um, I don't know what they're doing now. Probably about the same. Tim of the Fresh and Onlys, have you heard of Pizza Fest at the Fun House in Seattle? Of course. Of course I have. Yeah, my friends helped to put that on in Seattle. It was because of your friends that it actually happens, isn't it? Personal and the pizzas. What can you say about that? I think that's incredible how this all came together. Um, I've never actually attended a Pizza Fest. and We've never really been invited to play. Um, perhaps one day we'll make it, but... Um, yeah, I think it's a cool coincidence too. But there's a, there's a very strong connection between sort of the what you hear described as the new garage rock scene in San Francisco, and then the music scene in Seattle. I think there's a there's a pretty wide um, cross section there, and and our friends um, in Coconut Coolouts and other bands in Seattle. Um, like I said, there's a, there's a big cross section, so they come. They come down and play. We actually, a few years ago, when we kind of were, were, um, I think a little bit scrappier, punkier, garage sounding band or whatnot. We we did play with a lot of these bands at like the Dumber Bummer Festival and Summer Bummer in Portland, and I think sort of just kind of eked out of that that scene a little bit. Um, not not with any intention of not wanting to associate with it at all. Just started playing a little bit of a of a, a cleaner sound maybe and and people that were putting on like like budget rock festival in san francisco where where we'd play that you know in our first couple years of existence and then goner fest you know which we also played in our first couple years um those festivals kind of stopped taking notice of what we were doing i think thought that we were sort of selling out their scene a little bit but i'm not going to speak to that at all i don't i don't know if that's really the case but I think we started sort of seeing ourselves outside of that realm a little bit. But there's still a really strong connection. We really we still have really great friends up in Seattle and and the folks um, that do the Pizza Fest and Budget Rock and all all of those like the Total Trash Fest and and those are kind of my favorite kind of festivals. This like kind of pop up festivals in smaller rooms that last over the course of a few days and have you know 15, 20 bands. I still love those kind of events. And Shade from your band, he played for a while with Duchess and the Duke. How did that happen? Well, he was on tour at the time. Uh, he and Wyman, the guitar player, were both on tour uh, as part of James Jackson Toth's band, who was formerly uh, Wooden Wands. And they were on tour with Duchess and the Duke, and I think that's actually where Shade met met the, those two, uh, Jesse and Kimberly, and um, became fast friends with them. And I think as as the James Jackson tour, the James Jackson Toth tour began to unravel a little bit, which you know I wasn't there, so I can't really tell the story. Um, I think I think Shade kind of sidled up along with Duchess and the Duke and sort of found the kinship there. Uh, so he played percussion on that tour for quite a few shows, I believe. And then you know they're still friends to, to this day. So. 
I always mention cheese, rashes, hauls in the songs that I've done and the interviews that I do. I noticed on your new LP, you mentioned a few things like fool. The word fool comes up at least twice, doesn't it? Which word? Fool? Fool. It comes up twice. Like not only in the song that has the word fool in it, but another song has the word fool. Is there a bit of fooling on the new LP, Tim, of the Fresh and Onlys? You know, I've always been intrigued by the idea of being a fool and what it means. And um, it's such a loaded word, you know, it's just like you can call someone an idiot or a, or a dunce, but that that's sort of insulting in a way, isn't it? And to say someone's a fool, you play around and say you're a fool, you know, which is sort of like jocular and, and light and, and, and not insulting and not heavy. But, you know, in a way, like what, what actually is a fool, you know, is, is like, it's it's sort of I've sort of scratched together the real definition of what it means, and I think it's okay now to think of myself as a fool because I make foolish decisions and I sometimes act dumb or you know um, I, I, I act I, I speak without a filter and and say foolish things and um, I, I'd like to identify with that term because it's it's not so much a clown as it is just like just sort of a, a silly person who, who doesn't really know what he's doing most of the time, which, you know, I can really relate to that sentiment. So also, you know, the, the song No Regard, which which includes the word fool as well, it's the one that starts, don't ever wonder why fools fall in love, is like a direct, you know, reference to the song, why do fools fall in love, you know? <clears throat> so I use that, and I think that the notion of, of someone being a fool and falling in love, um, especially when you're talking about love, you know, you, you become a fool for love. You just become all giddy and, and, and lightheaded and, and you do stupid things and you say silly things. But at the same time, you know, when you get to like maybe the darker heart of the matter, is it, is it a foolish notion to fall in love? Is it, is it just like not the right thing to do anyways? Um, so I like to kind of scratch at those questions and see if, you know, by singing about them, I, I can come closer to an answer, which I never really do. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Fool is also one of those words that's just, you could just, it fits in songs a lot easier than dunce or idiot or or uh, whatever the word may be, you know. It's just, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a word I keep close in my pocket to be able to use in lyrics because <clears throat> rhymes with a lot of things, number one. It's easy to say. And it also has that nebulous definition that I was talking about where it's not really specifically serious or or light. It could go either way. I hope that answers your question somewhat. That was a good, good question. It does indeed. And people can see foolish stuff tomorrow night at the Media Club <laughs> in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Foolish tunes tomorrow night at the Media Club with Terry Maltz and Mode Modern at the Media Club. And we're speaking here, Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. We, the listeners of the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. Actually, if you have any questions for Tim, it's 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. I never actually did mention or tweet at Nardwar. I should have mentioned that earlier. I didn't mention it until now. But if you do want to, just still a bit more time, at Nardwar or 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. If you have any questions for Tim from the Fresh and Onlys playing tomorrow in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, at the Media club and tim you do like spaghetti sandwiches though don't you i love them nardwar 
And you like the sandwiches. Uh, I do like the sandwiches as well. I thought that was quite interesting. Spaghetti sandwiches and you like the sandwiches. Yes, and oddly enough, I like spaghetti too. And you've released so many records on so many different labels. Do you have any idea of how many different labels you've released stuff on? It seems like there's tons. There's one particular one that I really love. My favorite release is the Castle Face Records Flexi Book that I want to ask you about. But first, do you have any idea of how many records you've released on different labels? Can you reel them off? Um, yeah, I can reel them off. Are you talking about the Fresh and Onlys? Yes. Okay, well, there's Chuffed, which is our first release. Um, Chuffed 001, as a matter of fact. There is Castle Face. There's Dirty Knobby Industries. There's a 7-inch. <clears throat> there's Trouble in Mind. There's a 7-inch. Uh, there's Woods. There's a 7-inch and then a full length. There's <clears throat> Captured Tracks, an EP. There's Plastic Spoons from France. There's a 7-inch. Uh, there's the Italian label I'm forgetting. I can't believe it because he's my friend. But um, That's okay. I guess yeah, I, it, 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 it goes on. It, it, there's a few more. But, um, uh, do you find with having released so much stuff that there's a good chance you'll be in the seven inch bin of a record store? Have you not seen your seven inches in a seven inch bin? Uh, have I not? Yeah, well, that's because I've never really looked for them um, in the in the bin. I just I the way I like choose to think about these records is that you know people that are supposed to listen to them and have them are going to have them just by happenstance. Um, I've never been one to really check too hard to see if I've made it into a record store. Um, at this point, I'm fairly sure which releases are going to be in the stores and which ones aren't. Um, but, you know, once once you finish something and put it on vinyl and put it out and the label deals with all that, I sort of see it as being the artist that it's out of my hands. It's just not not meant for me to touch or be in control of anymore. And that's the same way I feel about the actual music itself. It's just like, <clears throat> that's why you kind of have to let critics and the audience have a go at it it just it's not yours anymore it's in the ether and it doesn't really belong to you necessarily so um same way with the with the physical releases you know i, I like to let them just go and and fly away and and take on a life of their own and i really like i i'm i find it very romantic that that one of my records or one of our records could wind up in someone's turntable in their bedroom and and they're listening to it privately one night you know by the light of the moon, I, I really like imagining like what has happened to it. But you know, short of that, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to know that they're in a record store or not. You know. And we did get a tweet question from Vanessa from the Ballantines, who simply says, "I'm so stoked for." tomorrow. Vanessa from legendary Vancouver band, The Ballantines. Well, so legendary, they're pretty brand new. The Ballantines. So awesome. The Ballantines will be there tomorrow at the Media Club in the audience and on stage we will have Mode Modern, Terry Maltz, and who I'm speaking to right now, Tim from The Fresh and Only's and lastly, just winding up here, I kind of mentioned it earlier, the Castle Face Record Flexi Book. Can you describe that? That's one of the most awesome things I've ever seen. How did they make it? And who was... Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Nardwar. That is, that is by far the most uh, ambitious and unique uh, physical release I've, I've seen of any music anywhere. Um, and I'm really, we're really honored to be a part of that. And also part two, which is uh, forthcoming in the next few months, which is 
even bigger and, and badder than that. So, um, yeah, I think it was just it was pretty much conceived by John Dwyer from the OCs who runs Castleface along with Brian Lee Hughes, and uh, they also have Matt Jones working there now. Um, and big big props to them. I think it was it was Matt who kind of <clears throat> was able to see the Dwyer's um, idea through to fruition and and really determined that it was going to be feasible and possible to do. And um, they had William Kine, who's a great San Francisco artist. Um, do the artwork and the next artwork is done by a very good friend of mine joe roberts so i wanted to shout him out he's he's one of my favorite living artists and also one of my best friends he's doing the art for castle flex part two um which includes white fans and kelly stoltz and and all the artists from the first one in addition to, to many more so could you describe um, it though for the listeners that haven't seen it like say the listeners had it right now in their lap can you describe what it is of course yeah the castle castle flex is is essentially a book, um, and like, like when you were a kid, maybe you had a flexi disc um, book, which is like a children's book. You open up, and you're able to play the records. They come out of the sleeves. You put the record on, and you read along to the records. In this case, the book, as you open up the, it's like an opaque cover. You open it up, and there's a record which is which is transparent for the most part. But there's also art on the record. And behind the record is another sheet of art which correlates to the record and and also um, states who the artist is of the record and the song titles. Um, and you flip through the book and it's bound by those spiral <clears throat> binders that you find in wire notebooks. And basically you can open the book up and you never remove the record from the book. So there's a hole punched through the whole thing and it folds back around. So you can play the record while it's in the book, take it off, flip the page, read the artwork, and go to the next record. It's just really super unique. And then, see, a lot of people made the mistake of pulling the records out of the book, but you actually don't do that. You just flip it around like a notebook and put it back on the record because there's a hole punched all the way through all the art and all the records. And it's, um, so on the first one, there's six or seven San Francisco bands, the OCs, Ty Siegel, um, Bear Wires, Plastic Canyons, the Fresh and Onlys, um, uh, am I forgetting one? Is Sick Alps? I, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, they're definitely on the next one, but yeah, so it's, it's a really unique thing, and, and they've already gone through a couple of pressings of it. Um, it's still really hard to find, though, but yeah, it's it's expensive is the only problem because it costs so much to manufacture something like that. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, Tim from The Fresh and Onlys. Lastly, 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 any message at all for Drez from Black Sheep? You know, we played that message from Drez to you. Any message from you to Drez at all? I guess you kind of said you're very excited, but any message at all to Drez? Yeah, I do have a message for Drez. Drez, this is Tim from The Fresh and Onlys. Um, I've done, I don't know how many top ten hip-hop albums of all time uh, lists for my friends and for interviews and whatnot. And without fail, I always I always go with Wolf and Sheep's Clothing as my number one top. One of the greatest albums ever made, man, and it's it's been a true inspiration to me, and it's what made me want to get into music in the first place. I used to listen to that thing like 20 times a day on my headphones, and I'm um, glad that you guys have unreleased recordings. Um, I really would <laughs> do anything to be able to hear those, man, so get at me. Um, I'll, I'll find a way to track you down if you don't, you know, so um, can't wait to hear it, man. Keep up the good work. 
Great. Tim from the Fresh and Only is playing tomorrow night at the Media Club in Vancouver with Terry Maltz and as well Mode Modern. And we're going to end the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show right now with no regard. Anything else you want to say about no regard at all, Tim, from the Fresh and Onlys? I guess you kind of already said something about it. But anything else you want to say about no regard? Um, no, I'll let the song speak for itself. And then after that, going to follow it up with some Evaton, some brand new Evaton from New York City. Courtesy, Mr. Drez, Black Sheep. We're going to hear some of that on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. So, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Tim, from the Fresh and Onlys? Yeah, I'd like to say uh, Vancouver, see you tomorrow night. I can't wait to party with y'all again. And really looking forward to it. I've never been in the media club. Can't wait to see our friends in Mode Modern. And, of course, Terry Maltz, our homeboys from San Francisco. So, we'll see you tomorrow. Come on out. Well, thanks so much for phoning in, Tim, from the Fresh and Onlys. Doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. Don't ever wonder why fools fall in love. You're never gonna break my heart. Though you were there from the start. Ascending. Don't ever wonder why fools play the part. You're never gonna fall in love. Though you are very far. No regard You're never gonna break my heart Look at what you're doing What are you doing to us? You're never gonna break my heart You're never gonna break my heart
and you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard No Regard by the rock and roll band known as the Fresh and Onlys playing tomorrow night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Media Club with Mode Modern and Terry Maltz. To end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, wanted to play something by the new project I was talking to you about that I have played before on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, Evaton, featuring Mr. Black Sheep Drez. And sorry for pronouncing your name wrong and pronouncing all sorts of things wrong. I do eventually learn Drez rhymes with Pez. Drez from Black Sheep and Jerobi from Tribe Called Quest. We're going to play right here Hot Damn by Evaton. And we're also going to play The Three Kings. And The Three Kings features Sadat X from Brand Nubian. Plus, also want to say all this stuff was coordinated and produced by Mark Lawrence and DJ Bazooka Joe and mixed by Mike Machinist. And I actually also want to give a shout out to his twin brother, Mike Machinist's twin brother, Terminator Dave from Shinobi Ninja. So again, thanks, Mark, for putting all these tracks together and getting them to me. Mark produced these tracks with DJ the Bazooka Joe. And also wanted to make sure they all know about the name of the band. It's Evaton, and it features again Drez from Black Sheep and Jerobi from Tribe Called Quest. So here right now is brand new from Drez, and thank you again, Drez, for the message for and to the man known as Tim from the Fresh and Onlys. Here's Hot Damn and the Three Kings featuring Sadat X from Brand Nubian on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. What problems this spit shot, Drez, a spit shot You've been waiting for too long, said it's here Now it's time for us to find the worth of the earth and man And then we share the bridge, we build the whole world expands Got global plans, hollow for a few The downtown Tokyo with Shingo too Native always, add to that the cream of the crop Like a pistol in the hands of a cop, make it pop It goes inch, inch, every time Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up Hot damn, on a world tour With your OB and Drez, Despite pestilence, Jerobe displays excellence. Subject to envy from poor MCs and many men. Two simpletons chagrin, ever tan wins. I even hear good words, they simply can't flow them. Carrying MCs like that foot pinch poem. They can't do the things that we do. Shut down your shit Friday night, nigga. Hebrew. 
seven day inventors say the wrong thing another sucker at the dentist ashamed at the inference that ever tan don't make every jam motherfucking monumentous the rinse of the fight every show was a nightmare for those who go after ever tan don't fight fair robe and dress better than you i say probably we're just trying to sleep return to a full lobby you want a world tour with your robe and dress ever is in the house hitting hard for the head it goes inch inch Survivor. For those who can't attain or acquire, require to rip your flip shit supplier. Be loved throughout the Shire, respected, admired, and fucking empire when it's built upon the mire. Destroy and rebuild for ourselves, we all seeing. Sadat's a black sheep, and I'm a brand new being. Doing is being. Tell me, do you believe in maximum effort? We forever overachieving. Tighten the rope, feel the flight of the dope. Light it as smoke, sip it, chug it and choke. Going for broke. In my heart, I still sell. Scorch the land with the plan. Every man will tell. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swinging. So bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swinging. So bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swinging. So bring it. Sounds rugged and raw. God rhymes galore. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swinging. So bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast. Swing it, so bring it, hey boy. This is the way the East Coast swings, so bring it. I was the black sheep. The first car I bought was a black Jeep. Girl, call me a black creep. Way back, father said, stay black. Forces, taxes, and courses. Jump to a black bull. Hers is a black jewel. Engine number nine was fine. Mother had swine. Told wife, yo, you can't make me bacon. Syndicated indicated that we wouldn't sell. But that ain't rock for me in Dresden, will tell. Heard you got the fever for the flavor. I don't get along with my neighbors. They crabs. This shit's up for grabs. OGs, old bleach, we still do dates. Leave it to the fates. We trying. Dudes ain't buying. They thieves. Killing we and breeds. No hate. We just trying to pass for our rate. That's fine. That's fine. Hey, boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers. So bring it. Hey, boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers. So bring it. Hey, boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers. So bring it. Sounds rugged and raw. God, rhymes galore. Hey, boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers. So bring it. Hey, boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers. So bring it. Hey, boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers. So bring it. Walk for a second, nigga. Feel my energy. Witness dirty skills in a pure delivery. Camouflage on stage. You can't see me with them lights off on and I'm looking all shimmery. You know what? I should get an award. Like, Mr. Most Likely to Never Leave You Bored. Or, wait, Comeback MC of the Century. 
riddled with intrigue, wrapped in mystery. Do you know your history? Nope, well, me either. But I bet you know about 30 different strands of reefer. I've traveled dusty roads, evidence on my fingers. Even when my voice stops, memories still linger. Construct rhymes like Kaiser Sose spins tales. Even thugged out niggas give me digital sales. Doc, Roby Dress, hardest shit you can sell. Heaven only knows and time will tell. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers, so bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers, so bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers, so bring it. Sounds rugged and raw, got rhymes galore. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers, so bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers, so bring it. Hey boy, this is the way the East Coast swingers, so bring it. One, two, September 15th, come and see the Lo-Fi Freaky Surf Psych Punks, the Crystal Swells, at the Astoria Pub at 9769 East Hastings. With them will be the Bad Weather California, the Lovely Bad Things, and the Courtney's. Tickets are $8 and available at Highlight, Red Cat, Neptune, and Zula Record, or online at northerntickets.com. Doors open at 930 